Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hi, it's Caroline Stephen. Last week on Talking Trading, we heard from Louise Bedford and Michael Yardney on the imposter complex. You know, the one that says it's just a matter of time until they find out I'm a fake or it's just a matter of time until the other shoe drops. It's that small nagging voice of doubt that affects everyone. In today's episode, we hear part two of Louise and Michael's discussion on the imposter complex. Louise goes through the five lies it likes to tell, and Michael responds to each one. And then Louise also walks through antidotes to build your self-worth and banish the imposter complex from your mind. Simple things such as the two words the imposter syndrome hates more than anything else. Thank you. Let's hear part two of Louise and Michael's conversation now. Now, one of the beautiful areas of psychology is cognitive behavioral therapy. And I do love that. It's absolutely key in combating this if you feel like you've got a a huge dose of it. But let's look at if we're just dealing with everyday imposter syndrome because everybody has those voices. I want to talk about some of the things that you can do to overcome those thoughts. So firstly, I think it's good to take credit for the small triumphs. Just say thank you. Just say if somebody says, hey, you cooked a beautiful dinner, say thank you. If somebody says, you're looking really good today, say thank you. You know, we white ant ourselves. We say, oh, you know, it was nothing. Oh, I just followed the recipe. Oh, yes, well, you know, my sister put this together for me. Do you know how eroding that is to our psyche? It is is absolutely sin in my language. I'm not letting my children do this. I'm not letting them say anything other than thank you to a compliment. And I don't let my traders do that either because I don't think it's fair on yourself and you're training yourself into very bad habits. You've act, you're actually really good with that, Michael, because I've, I've given you a lot of compliments over the years and you do say thank you. It's one of the things I learned a long time ago. And interestingly, one of the things I've taught my children and one of the things I've taught my team, because there are a couple of team members in, I've got 60 staff who I've recognized have become very proficient at what they are able to do, but they're holding themselves back and sabotaging themselves. And when they listen to this podcast, one or two of them are going to think, he's talking about me. (laughs) That's their little, (laughs) their little voice in their head. But the answer is, 
I've told them it's okay to say thank you. It's good to say thank you. Both sides win from it. That's right. And then you don't erode your own feelings of competence. Another thing that I think is good to do is to seek out constructive criticism on things that don't affect your self-image or your identity. So you can work your way up to seeking big criticism, but not not right now. Just break that cycle of self-doubt, self-sabotage. Just ask for small things. Like, for example, I may ask you in the early days of, of us working together, oh, Michael, what do you think about this web page? Or something like, if I give you this special report, could you read it and provide a critique for me? on it. Something that was small, easy to digest, but something that didn't affect my self-concept to the point of crippling me. And I think that's how we felt each other out to begin with as well in terms of how far we can go in order to be each other's unreasonable friend. We didn't kick each other in the guts in the beginning, although (laughs) we're much more honest today. But I think this is something it's really useful that we're sharing this with the listeners, because they will think, hey, Louise, she's a world expert in candlestick. She's a world expert trader. She's so successful. Look what she's achieved in her life, that we are human, we are normal, and we have these doubts as well. So when you get them, that's okay. You're normal also. It's allowed. In fact, if it wasn't happening, something would be wrong. Mm, Yes, I agree. And I do think that it is a part of maturing. You know, we mature as a trader, we mature as a property investor, and we don't start out at that very high end of investment in the very beginning. You know, you have to get those training wheels moving before you can actually kick them off and then fly down the hill. Now, the- now Louise, it's much harder today because of social media um, and people on Instagram show the pretty pictures and you see the highlight reels. You don't see all the stuff on the cutting room floor, as they say in the movie industry. You compare your chapter five to somebody's chapter 30 and you think, I can't be there. So there's even more feedback to reinforce your imposter syndrome. Yeah, that FOMO, that fear of missing out, that comes into play as well. Mm. Yeah. Look, there's also a link between imposter thinking and depression. So if you do need help with this, really seek it. I think by now in this part of the recording, you've, you've probably started to recognize quite a few things, but you will be able to answer whether it's debilitating in your life. And if it is, seek out a cognitive behavioral therapist. They're fantastic because I use a therapist. I just find them to be such a good sounding board. Don't see them very often, um, but certainly to know that that person is in my corner, I think is terrific. Now, I wanted to look at some of the lies that the imposter syndrome tells us. So one of them is you have self-doubt, so you will fail. Now, I'd be curious about your views with this, Michael. Every venture that you go into, are you 100% sure it's going to work or do you have some level of self-doubt? Well, talking about failing, I know that I'm going to fail. I'm actually a real success at failure, Louise, (laughs) but I've actually become immune to it. I now use it as a learning experience. So it's not the failure itself, whether it's big or small, depending upon the risk involved, monetary or otherwise, I will temper the decisions I make, the actions I take, but I'm prepared to fail knowing that I've just found something that doesn't work and I'll get to the next level. So if you don't take risks, 
in fact, that's probably the biggest risk of all, staying exactly where you are in your comfort zone held in there by your imposter syndrome. Say, yes, I do know things will go wrong and I still get a knot in my tummy at times, but that's okay. But I also have a backup plan and know how I'm going to get myself out of it. I'm much more cautious as a risk taker, as a business person, as an investor, than I was young. So that's the other extreme, the naivety and stupidity. One of the worst things that can happen, I've found to beginning investors, is get it right first time. They think they're smarter mm-hmm. than they are when mm-hmm. there was an element of the market uh, doing things, helping them along. So you've got to have the right balance, Louise. I love that. You know, there's actually another world-renowned researcher in this area, Tanya Geisler. She's been fantastic as well to learn about the imposter syndrome and how it affects people. We've interviewed her on our show, uh, talkingtrading.com.au. Her thought is that it sets you up to say that you can't admit vulnerability. I remember before I knew Tanya personally, I watched her TED Talk and she came on stage and she actually said, look, I'm feeling really nervous. This is not my skill set and I feel that you're going to judge me, something along those lines. And I just thought, ooh, that's that's really vulnerable. Like usually people come on stage and they do the big arms wide type of thing with a big smile and start off with a kick. But she started out like a little mouse and then became the line that roared. And I love that because there's so much to be said for relatability and also just non-ego driven behavior if you can admit that you're vulnerable. And I think you'd relate with that too, wouldn't you, Michael? It's not like you're saying that I've been a superstar from the beginning. No. And that's where I said at the beginning, you shouldn't judge where you are compared to somebody who's a lot further along the way. These thoughts we're discussing, the mistakes that we make, the little failures along the way are normal. And if you expect anything different, you're going to be sadly disappointed. Mm-mm. Line number three is you're not ready. Now, this is huge. We feed ourselves this lie far too often. We let ourselves off the hook with this lie. Well, maybe when the kids start school next year, I'll do my first property investment. Or maybe when they start high school or university or move out of home or get married, then I'll do my first property. And I've heard these people say the same excuses about the markets. It's almost laughable. It's very hard because they think they're giving themselves a very logical excuse why they can't trade, but really all they're doing is delaying because their imposter, little imposter sitting on their shoulder wearing devil horns is saying, you're not ready. You know, but they wouldn't have ever been ready for their first, their first kiss, their first child, their first job. Nobody is ever fully ready for anything. And have you felt that way in your life too, Michael? Because, you know, you didn't start where you are now with 60 employees. You've got Metropole behind you. You've got this successful podcast that you're doing. You've got all of these directors that look to you for guidance and support. You've got all of your property investors hanging off your every word. You didn't start there. And I don't know whether you would have felt ready for that if that had have been take you back 20 years. Would you have been ready for all of that if that had have happened 20 years ago? I wouldn't have ever imagined myself where I am today. Having said that, it came from having a plan. Interestingly, I remembered that 25 or so odd years ago, I had a major upheaval in my life with a divorce and my asset reallocation program, Mm -hmm. as I like to call it after a divorce. And uh, I actually went 
to a three-day seminar at Coolum from Brad Sugars, who's still around. He's moved to America, and it was an entrepreneurial seminar. But what I did was I planned my life. I had a goal, and I then did what I had to do to get where I wanted to go. So I planned to become the person I planned to become and took all the action to do that. But I never imagined I could that I'd be where I am today, and I couldn't have stepped up to that without people around me. So having the right people and the motivational people and having unreasonable friends like you and having business coaches and mentors and a mastermind group made a difference. But again, you can only do it stepwise. If you go too far out, you're liable to fail. And along the way, as I said, lots of failures, some little, some big. And you know what? many of them self-inflicted because uh, I thought I was smarter than I was. The market soon humbles you, doesn't it, Louise? definitely. You can't continue along with the big ego and expect to keep making profits. It just doesn't work that way. (laughs) (laughs) No. So I guess this is, again, a useful conversation, the sort of stuff that you and I do when we get together regularly in our own mastermind group and talk about our businesses, our marketing, our own lives, that people can hear what's going on inside our heads, Louise. Line number four is it's a matter of time until you blow it. Now, I have definitely heard this. And in fact, there's been a study by Alliance just after the GFC and one in two women believed that they'd become bag ladies Now, if you think of the uncertainty that that leads to, that's awful. They think that even though they've achieved in the past, that the future doesn't seem likely that they'll continue achieving. They feel that they're just going to blow up what they've achieved. And I think that that can be insidious. That's where I feel where you need your team. You need to allow yourself to connect and to draw from their strength because you can't be strong at all times, Michael. Well, interestingly, it's the old thing we've talked about a few times. It's not feeling worthy. I don't deserve this. And it goes back to the things you heard, the things you experienced, the things you saw as a child, some of those negative thoughts that your parents put in your head, even though they were well-meaning, because we were taught to be modest. We were taught not to ask for things. We were taught not to negotiate by a lot of our parents. Again, that depends which culture you come from and what was going around, uh, what was discussed at your, around your kitchen table. But that still is there subconsciously programmed into your mind because a lot of what you do, a vast percentage of what you do every day is happening at an unconscious level. And That's why I think it's really important to have these discussions, to bring them to the surface, to recognize them so you can replace these disempowering beliefs and these poor habits with better habits, Louise. Mm, mm. And there's another lie that we tell ourselves. They don't mean that praise. They're just being nice. Now, this is a horrible thing. I think it's really striking to the core of our insecurities and When that sort of thing happens, when somebody says to you, you've done well, do you say to them, well, it was nothing really? Oh, yeah, but I'll probably screw up the next property investment. So I think that the profit on this first investment was just a fluke. If you hear anything like that coming out of your mouth, stop mid-sentence. Just arrest it. Don't let that out because as soon as the subconscious hears that, it's going to believe it. And that's where the little imposter, he can grow in strength, puff up his 
his chest and say, hey, I've got you in my grip now. And I think that that's something that you're very good at as well. You accept praise and you don't fight against that. I'm sure that's been a part of your success, Michael. Yeah, that's probably because I've got a bigger ego than you, Louise. (laughs) <laughs> Which is I, love, I, I love praise. <laughs> <laughs> so my ego is bigger and better than yours. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. So look, I just wanted to come back to the concept. I've got of- a better one. It's because I'm better than you. <laughs> Go but on. Maybe we should. <laughs> but no, but maybe we should cut that bit out and re- <laughs> no, re- record the podcast. <laughs> I think I'm in charge of editing this one, so it will stay. Honestly, Michael, you crack me up. Um, look, I, I am going to, I'm going to top that and I'm going to say, I want to, I want to circle back to support. I think having support is so key. And that's one of the difficulties that when you are in the grips of the imposter syndrome, it likes you to stay alone because alone, there's nobody to combat your thoughts. There's nobody to say, well, hang on, that's not right. Or have you thought about the time when you achieved this? And I think that that can be a real catch. The imposter syndrome likes us alone and in the dark, in the corner, without a voice, not speaking out, with no feedback loop to be able to improve our own behavior. What can people do to combat the imposter syndrome and to really remove it from their life altogether and just banish its effect? Well, I think the first thing they should do is listen to this podcast again. There was so much gold you shared with us that it would do it injustice just to listen to it once because we're making people aware of things. You know, there's things you know and there's things you know you don't know, but I think we've enlightened a whole group of people with a whole lot of things they didn't even know they didn't know. And then it's not going to go away in one go. These are habits. These are ideas that have been ingrained in us many years ago that we've carried for most of our adult life. And so for that reason, don't expect it to go away with one listening or one reading. But it's useful to Actually get your life partner, your spouse, and probably even your teenage children to listen to this because let's as a group get together and then hang around the right sort of people. One of the best ways to get to the next level is get rid of the negative people in your life. Now, it doesn't mean you've got to get rid of them forever but because we all have some of those in our family, but hang around them less and be around more positive people, but also get part of a mastermind group of people who are going to have your back and want you to move forward and get a mentor or a couple of mentors in different areas of your life. And by the way, to me, a real mentor, Louise, is somebody that you actually pay. We all have these virtual mentors that you read about. You read their blogs on the internet or listen to their podcasts. You can only go so far that way. You actually need to get the right people around you and somebody who's accountable. And sometimes the best way of doing that is to pay them. Yes, I agree. And I do think that you can go quite a long way with free resources. You know, our idea behind the podcast is that we are giving free information and that is an introduction level. It's certainly not the advanced levels that you take people through in Wealth Retreat, your mentorship program, all of the accelerated wealth programs that you put together, Michael. It's just a scratch on a scratch. So just perhaps if we could talk about our podcast because I do believe that is a great place to start. So as you know, my podcast is talkingtrading.com.au 
free subscription. Each week we interview traders to bring on your best. They bring your A game to the case. And it's not just traders, it's people who have that wealth mindset, that advanced way of thinking. And Michael, tell us a bit more about your podcast. Well, I'm an auditory learner. So I like listening to podcasts. I like uh, learning that way. Some people are visual, so I have videos like you do, and I write books uh, because different people learn differently. But clearly the podcast seems to be the new blog today when people are listening to it on the road. Just the way our traffic is in our big capital cities means you're spending so much time going backwards and forwards to work, or people can multitask and do it in other ways. So the Michael Yardney podcast, I started, well, it's actually getting close to two years now, and I've been very proud of it. It's continuously ranks in the top 10, 15 business podcasts in Australia uh, every month, close to 50,000 downloads. And I talk about not just property, but it's basically about success, about money. And uh, there are separate segments about rich habits, poor habits with my good friend, Tom Tom Corley. Corley. Yeah, love those habits. Yeah. Once a month, we have a a business podcast, Grow a Business, Not a Job with Mark Creedon. So I've now brought it out to be twice a week and you can get it wherever you get podcasts on your favourite app, the Michael Yardney podcast. And what I really love, Louise, is when people actually come up to me at seminars and it happens in shopping centres. Hey, are you Michael Yardney? I listen to your podcast. You look just like what you look like on that picture there. <laughs> they don't say you sound like what you sound like, but whatever. But they come and say thank you. And as you said a moment ago, I know one of the reasons you're doing this and the reason I'm doing this is because we want to give people the opportunity to step up to the next level because they deserve it. And there's so many vested interests and biased messages out there that to be able to give an independent view to help people bring them up and do it for free. Sure, we're running a business, but this is just a way of giving back to the community. If you get to the top, I think it's our turn to pull some other people up with us. Mm, Love it, Michael. It's been fantastic chatting with you and I'm looking forward to the many projects we have planned in the future. It's always fun, Louise. Thank you very much. And that's it to hear Michael and Louise discuss the imposter syndrome and hopefully give you some tools and tactics to banish it from your mind. To download Louise's free special report for every listener of this podcast, go to tradinggame.com.au forward slash imposter. Or to hear Michael's property update, go to propertyupdate.com.au. As always, if you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend. This is super important because word of mouth is the most powerful way that people can get in touch with us. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcast and make sure you give us a big fat five-star review because it helps people find us. You'll also notice that Talking Trading doesn't use sponsors and barely advertisers. This is because Chris Tate and Louise Bedford fund this show from tradinggame.com.au. So to keep on funding it, we need to get the word out. So until next week, happy trading. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regards to your own situation.